Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. It's uh, everything I dreamed of. I don't want to tell my dad that I love him. I still don't know what just happened. I'm just so grateful. Just so grateful for the opportunity to play this game. The legacy is not what you give people, it's what you put inside people, but also what they put inside of me. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Beyond the Locker Room with Maria. Maria Prekicis here, and today I'm super excited because Mark Rippon, Super Bowl MVP back in 1992, is on the podcast. But as we start each week, Trevor is here with T-Bone's Take. Thank you, everybody. Good to be here. Good to see you, Maria. How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for getting up every Wednesday. He actually even goes to the gym. We shoot this on Wednesday. We launch it on Thursday for all, you know, what's what's up. And last week, I had to do a little amendment, addendum to the podcast. Yeah, I actually got up today at 3 o'clock in the morning and had to convince myself to go back to sleep. I was so excited to get here and do this. <laughs> well, let's start. Let's start with, let's look back at week nine first some of the games this season they were talking about it today on the news um on the sports news this morning this season is crazy you don't know who's gonna win and who's gonna lose and upsets galore um i had some horrible picks this weekend and i think the quote of the weekend was any given sunday a team can beat any team and i definitely believe that week nine was that week oh yeah well, let's start, and we'll get to Aaron Rodgers in a minute, but let's start with the Chiefs over Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Not a big surprise. But. No. Oh, did you see uh, where Jordan Love's mom and his girlfriend were sitting? <laughs> they were in the absolute top row of the stadium. And I even saw that they were like, you know, they had some conversation with some Chiefs fans. It's like, oh, my God. I, I wonder if they picked that. I'm assuming. Um, I, I don't know, but you'd think that, like, the other team has, you know, I have friends that play professional sports and they you know they get tickets for their family and they're definitely not that bad we like to call those the cheap seats or the nosebleed seats but um that's like the no oxygen seats <laughs> that's not even a nosebleed but yeah no surprise there now here's the surprise uh, denver broncos and dallas cowboys yes the only person in my little pool of picks on grumpy's sundays uh, that got this one right was the denver broncos fan that i'm going to the game with and i, I mean what a dud and so I have fantasy football, Zerline as a kicker. He didn't even kick a field goal. They didn't even, they went for two both times. And then like, oh my God, like what a boring game. And you said that Jerry's upset. Oh yeah. He's like, we were flat. We were, hor-. yeah, he is just, I mean, he never mints his words. Uh, I, but. You know, I wonder if that comes back to rust on Dak Prescott's, um, you know, after his calf injury, taking it off last week. It's almost like they should have stuck with, with Cooper Rush. 
I mean, yeah. it, was, it was so bad to watch. But also, credit to the Denver D. They just absolutely smoked the offensive line. They were everywhere, and they played absolutely phenomenal. So, hands down, great job. I'll see you guys this weekend on Sunday. Please take it easy on the Eagles. <laughs> well, your Eagles barely lost. I know it's still a lot. A loss. Loss. Yes, it's a loss, but I will say the last two weeks, I think that Sirianni has taken a big couple steps in uh, play calling and managing of the game, I guess. Like he was throwing the ball 50 times with a guy, a quarterback that can't really throw the ball that well, I think. I mean, he's yeah. a great quarterback, but he's not like, you know, Justin Herbert or whatever. But uh, yeah, so they're running the ball more. And uh, if the defense could have come up with a stop, it would have been better, but they did not. But uh, it's nice to see that they're taking a step in the right direction. And like I said, hopefully they can uh, get the offense going against that Denver D because they look tough, man. I'm so excited you're going to the game. I, I know, it's take, my first game. Take lots of pictures, oh, lots I of will. stories. I think we're going to wear our ugly sweaters. I have an ugly eagle sweater, and it's going to oh, be perfect. like 50 degrees. He's got a Denver ugly sweater, which is going to be ugly. Where are you guys sitting? Um, I think pretty close to the end zone. Oh, there yeah. you go. Lower bowl. They're not cheap seats. I know. He's a season ticket holder. Oh, perfect. Yeah. We love that. Um, let's The New York Giants, they are now 3-6. and six. They beat the Raiders. The Raiders... Talk about a season of ups and downs. Yes, they're having a tough go, but they're still leading their division. And I think that Derek Carr is a, a, a great leader in the locker room. Um, at Despite all that's happened this year, he is still just, you know, he's playing really well and he's relying on Darren Waller and his offensive line. And I just think his attitude is kind of contagious in the locker room. Just, you know, let's just go forward with what we got and... Um, and they're still, you know, that was a tough loss, though, because the Giants aren't that good. No, they're not. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, who else do you have uh, with games? Kind of the upsets besides, you know, like I said, Jerry Jones just said they were overconfident. Um, I think, uh, what about Atlanta beating the Saints? Yeah. That was pretty good because uh, Matt Ryan, uh, he played in, uh, like, and actually, like, a, a really nice game. He had a rushing touchdown, two throwing touchdowns. I actually saw him beat Boise State when he played for Boston College. So we have a connection. I've seen him in real life. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, should we move on to the news? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, go um, ahead. The Ravens and the Vikings. Oh, yeah. That was. I think the Ravens were picked to win, but uh, they had to come back, kick a field goal, go to overtime, and then they ended up winning in overtime. Uh, Kirk Cousins had the ball, and all they had to do was get a first down to get in field goal range, and they couldn't do that. And what? that that pick actually, I won. I got that pick. <laughs> yeah, it was a you know you're staring at the TV, you're like, I can't believe I picked Baltimore. But then you're like, who would have picked? You know, <laughs> why would you ever think that they were going to lose to the Vikings? And then in overtime, Kirk Cousins blows it again. He's I thought he was more the guy that like you know he's he he's not very good on Monday nights. I think his record's like one and nine or zero oh and nine. There's something about Monday nights. A lot of people crumble, and it's like it's another game. I thought they all were just, you know, it's they're supposed to treat it all just like another game, but Monday night is special. Yeah, well, not for him. No, it's <laughs> anyway. special for some, but special in other ways. But yes, I think the Baltimore game was a very good game, and uh, I mean, they, they look good. They just, the Ravens find a way. They, they play dirty football, and they, they win when it means, you know, whatever, just anything goes, they get it. It's great. Well, and let's transition into the topics because Pittsburgh and the Bears, 
Uh, I did not see the taunting call, the hip check. Yeah, well, I, it's like he got the sack, and he did that spinning kick, which is pretty cool, I thought. You know, I can't do that. That guy's like, you know, 6'4", 280, 250, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it comes back to, like, you know, the offense can do whatever they want when they score a touchdown, but, you know, a guy gets a sack, and I think that's kind of the equivalent to scoring a touchdown for a defensive player. And then... He runs off the field, and I I want to say that ref stepped into him. From my perspective, I'm not going to you know say the ref did it on purpose, but from my, personally me and Rhea and I watched the video a couple times before the podcast, and I I, I think he kind of stepped into him, and then he threw the flag. It was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen, and not to mention that was a third and eight, that was fourth down. They were going to kick the ball and have a chance to tie, possibly win the game. I mean, this is. Once again, taunting penalties. What are we doing here? Come on, refs. Well, if it's like if you choreograph something. Yes, I'm an ex-dancer, scary thought. But if you have something choreographed, it's okay. But if you accidentally hit, because I'm with you on that. I don't think he did it on purpose. He was just running off. He's a big guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> just like, and the guy, you know, if you guys know who Connor McDavid is, he's a hockey player. If t- Connor McDavid took steroids, that's what he would look like as a football player. It's crazy. I saw that on a thing last night. But I mean, the guy looked so depressed in his uh, press conference after the linebacker. I mean, I mean, yeah. And I think if they had Khalil Mack, they would have won the game too. But I mean, the Steelers aren't very good. Because Roethlisberger is like 85 years old in football years for a quarterback. Hey, I was going to say in football years. Watch <laughs> yeah. the age thing, little that's, brother. <laughs> that's true. Well, you know, I, I realized I'm getting old too because I woke up at 3 in the morning. I was excited for the podcast. And then I was reading an article about draft picks for the Eagles. And I'm like, yeah, you know, he has played pretty well. I'm like, wait, this is the first time you've ever said this. Why are you, why are you talking like this? And you're like, because you're getting old. And you're getting knowledgeable, as I like to say. You're getting gray. Wisdom's coming out of your head. The gray hairs are showing. And you're up at three. That's what older people do now. Mm-hmm. You're up at three and four, whether it's to use the facilities or not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, right. I digress. Um, let's get to what everyone's been talking about. And remember, we tape this section Wednesday morning. So as of now, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, say what you want. Uh, the Athletic reported that... The Packers got fined $300,000. Aaron got fined 14650 which is chump change to him, for going to the Halloween party. Because if you're unvaccinated, you're not supposed to be with more than three or four people. I think it's three people. So those fines, great. But, you know, I'm just going to say immunized once and leave it at that. Yeah, I think that his plan was just not to test positive so it wouldn't affect him. And, like, when he tested positive, then that exposed his whole plan. So not great planning. Um, and like, Hey, if you do 500 pages of research, that's awesome. But there's still protocols and all the other people that are unvaccinated are, are following those. So I just feel like that that's just like, Oh wait, you know, I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's an amazing quarterback. And I just thought that this was a little, uh, a mishandle in judgment and we'll leave it at that. And he did come out and say some things uh, like, I know I'm a role model, and I thought that that was good. Maybe his girlfriend or his fiance told him that because she's probably taking some flack too. But, you know, all in all, he's just trying to 
you know, keep himself healthy. Um, I'm going to respect his opinion. I have my own, and that's that. So thank you. <laughs> well, I just want to say we're both vaccinated, or we would not be sitting this close. Yes, that is very true, too. And I'm a, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. We'll get back into him when we do our picks because they're up against the Seahawks. But, uh, but that for- is true. Like only $14,000. That is yeah. nothing. And I feel like the Packers just didn't even want to go there because of all the thing, like the summer drama. They're like, all right, this guy just, like, we need to just, we didn't tread lightly. Tread lightly. Well, and um, State Farm Insurance actually did i can't remember the a perfect statement they're keeping mm-hmm. him on he lost a couple or he lost, he lost one. his uh yeah his one health pharma I yeah think. yeah and so state farm i was reading it to john the other night and he's like that is one of the best quotes ever i go well that's what they get paid for they hire nice you know good yeah people. but uh good for pat mcafee show he got a few more viewers because that's all aaron Rodgers yeah he's spoke to. He's a good. I like Pat McAfee. He's, yeah, he's good. He's funny. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. As of right now, he got released from waivers. He is a free agent. Where do you think he's going to go? I mean, he kind of has his pick. Um, he does. I really wish. Uh, you know, like waiver wire works is like the worst team gets the first pick at him, and then I like how the Browns attach that seven. I think it was seven point five million, maybe seven point. Two, five, but they attached it to him to make him look less attractive to teams because the way he left. And I almost want him to go to the Packers because I feel like him and Aaron Rodgers would get along. <laughs> I do too. But I mean, he's a great receiver. His production was not as good as it was in New York as it was in uh, you know Cleveland. Um, he was a top five receiver in yards and uh, targets in um in new york and now it's just he like fell off the map but of course he had an acl injury and he's got a bad attitude yeah it's he's an interesting character but i know a lot of teams want him they this morning on get up one of the guys was like if you're bill belichick what that conversation be like and and the guy was like well um Odell, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, is that really how Bill talks Bill to people? Bill Belichick is, he, he's a guy I could see, you know, he, he takes players that have troubled histories and he makes them work. And I think big Bill, Bill Belichick would probably be the best, best fit for, like, as a coach, keeping the reins and the players accountable. Um, we have the same birthday. No big deal. Belichick, love you. Not really. But anyway, yeah, I think that he would do really well and um yeah, and the Patriots, the Packers as well. The Packers are I mean, they could use an extra receiver. They have um what is it? What's his name? Oh, Devontae no. Adams is yeah. their number one, and then you have Odell Beckham, you're like, What? Well, and there was a little talk he maybe wants to go to Seattle, but we'll see and um You know, actually that's a good point. Our yeah. our boyfriend Pete Carroll, he also takes troubled receivers and troubled football players and he makes them work. Sorry for not recognizing that, Pete. I am so sorry. <laughs> it won't happen again. Uh, what else do you have in your newsworthy notes? Because those um, were the top two stories of w- the week. Uh, you've got that one, too, about Wilson. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I already mentioned that Roger said he knows he's a role model. This is good. Um, what was it? Deshaun Jackson went to the Raiders. Um, he got yeah. released from the Rams. And I think that he'll make a good uh, a good, you know, good addition there because they're not doing too well in receiver. He's actually like five touchdowns behind Jerry Rice for the record for uh, touchdowns over 50 yards. You didn't know just, that, did you? I did not know that. I know. That's why I have you on. Hello. I'm no dummy. 
people I just, on that are smarter than me. I uh, I saw that one the other day. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm just highlight that one. Well, and one other breaking news, uh, not so breaking. Panthers quarterback Sam. Uh, Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold shoulder likely missed several weeks. The report said, so you never want. You know, it's, your he QB started out. out so well in Carolina, and you were everybody's like, "Oh, see, it's the Jets. They just ruined people." And then he just kind of dropped off, and now he's got hurt. I just, it's too bad. Their defense is really good, so hopefully, whoever they throw in there can uh, get it going. Especially with uh, Christian McCaffrey making a return, hopefully that they can get that offense rolling. Because I'll tell you what. When you got Christian McCaffrey in an offense, it is so exciting to watch. Plus, the defense has to account for his, you know, when he's out there. So, you know, it opens up the field wide open anyway. Nice. Oh, that's all right. Stratton's here. We're almost done, Strat. Stratton's showing up to work. Oh, you got Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah. Love. Well, let's talk about Russell Wilson. He is back. And Aaron Rodgers, he's going to come back on Saturday protocol if he test negative and all that stuff. So it's kind of like the two quarterbacks that are back. And the big talk is, can Aaron Rodgers, after having COVID, even though he had all the stuff, can he just walk on the field Saturday and then play Sunday and do well? I say yes. I think he can. That's like taking a week off for a guy like that, you know? And Russell Wilson's I mean, it may take, like, maybe, maybe it'll take, like, you know, two sets of downs for him to shake off the rust, you know, for not practicing. But, I mean, a guy like that, he just gets so dialed in. I mean, the confidence that he, like, walks with and his face, like, portrays, you're just like, whoa, dude, this guy's, this guy's hot, man. Especially this year with his long hair. And, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, Seahawks are only 3-5, and five, Packers 7-2 and two, do the loss last week without Rodgers. I mean, I love my Sea Chickens, love my Seahawks, but I'm not sure they're going to have it. I, you know, he's going to have to shake off some rust because, you know, he's been doing, we talked about, uh, I think it was last week, how he does those gameplay like real reps and he simulates a game and just like he hasn't been throwing a football though you know yeah so that's you know it's like oh i've been practicing drawing just just not with a pen or a pencil you know <laughs> it's like what that doesn't even make sense man so i think that the specialist the hand specialist said he's good to go so like if the, the specialist says you're good to go yeah or the pen or the pencil and you have the, you're ready to go like just do it so yeah listen to the specialist um, I picked a couple more L.A. Rams were, uh, at San Francisco. I'm going with the Rams because they have a better record. That's yeah, it. And Just going there. Well, Von Miller gets to play this week, too. Yeah. Like, he didn't even play this week. And they got, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't even talk about they got They got smoked. I know. Like, I woke up. I fell asleep early because I'm old. And I woke up, and it was the third quarter, and it was like 20 to 3. And I was like, God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> What is going on with my fantasy football team? I'm just like brutal. I do not play fantasy football. I get it, but next, yeah, that's next just year too much we'll, stress. Next year we, we'll get a little team going for okay. you. Perfect. Maybe we'll have like Grumpy's Fantasy League. Why not? Pete would, and we are obviously coming at you from Grumpy's. And then Kansas City versus the Raiders, 5-3 and 5-4. This is a big division game too, right? Yes. Um, I'm going to have to go with... I'm going to go Upset City, Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go KC because although they've been talking as the offense really, you know, obviously with a record of five and four, they're not super great this year. Let's just put it that way. I mean, I I just, I don't know. I mean, like Patrick Mahomes just doesn't look like Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't. And uh, there's our Chiefs fan, Daner, right there. He'll tell you what's wrong with Daner. Well, I'm picking the Chiefs. 
I went with the Raiders, <laughs> and I think that they paid Patrick Mahomes a bunch of money, and now he's got a kid, and he's he's struggling at home with with family life, and that, that's got to be it. He's got a dad, and next year he'll be back, but this year no. All right, anything else on your list before we go? Get to Mark Rippon, which was a great Zoom call. Um, I would like to say what is going on with Cincinnati. They played so well for the last couple of weeks, and then they just dropped off, and they're just getting smoked. Um, so if maybe they should go practice with the, uh, the Bearcats because the Bearcats are undefeated, and they I mean, should do that. They're pretty up there. Uh, I can't remember what they just – the poll just came out for college football. Yeah, I saw that. I, we were doing NFL. I was like, we don't listen to that stuff. And I would just like to say that was great form on the uh, I play some hockey and the great form on the hip check from the ref. Kind of like, you know, I, I was standing there first and he ran into me. <laughs> Not. Anyway, um, I think that's all I got here. Okay. Oh, wait, Devontae Smith had his biggest day as the Eagles wide receiver coming into this weekend. I'm very happy about that. I didn't play him on fantasy. I know you guys don't care. You're like, this guy's team must just suck. Anyway, Devontae Smith, great to see you taking strides. You won the Heisman last year, and I can't wait to see you as an eagle for life. Thank you. There you go. Well, I can't wait to hear all your stories. Have fun at the game. Travel safe. I'm going to keep Trevor around right after this Mark Rippon interview from Maria's Minute. We have uh, one more thing to talk about, which is kind of funny. All right, uh, Mark Rippon up now. And more with Beyond the Locker Room with Maria. I love it. Well, we'll dive right into it. Um, I okay. want to welcome to the program Mark Rippon, not only Super Bowl MVP and winner of Super Bowl 26, but also a good friend of our family, which I love. Um, my brother was my first two guests on the podcast and vlog. And he's like, yeah, the Polish Greek mafia. Wouldn't that be a beautiful just that visual kind of gets me like, hmm, that'd be interesting. Well, I, think Pete, I think Pete and I could run that pretty well. I think you guys could. So let's start. I didn't realize all these years, <clears throat> excuse me, knowing your family, that you were born in Calgary. Yes. Yep. A Canadian. Yes, I'm, and I am still have my Canadian citizenship. And um, one of these days I'm going to actually do the reading and get all the diverse uh, um information that I need to get my U.S. citizenship, so I'll have dual citizenship. And, uh, you know, I don't know if having a Canadian citizenship has helped me in any way, but it does uh, bring me back to my roots where a lot of my relatives are still in Canada. So it's kind of a, a fun little piece of trivia. I know. I was like, well, I mean, Wikipedia, you, you usually can sometimes trust that page, but <laughs> I didn't. I was like, Pete, I didn't know that. So what made your family move to Spokane? Well, I think one of the things my mom and dad both we uh, were born and raised in a small coal mining towns. And one, my mom was ra- raised in Michelle Natel, uh, British Columbia, which is now called Sparwood. And my dad was uh, raised in Coleman, Alberta, and they're small coal mining towns. And I think uh, when they moved to Calgary and had three of the five siblings, and then uh, the last year we were in Canada, we moved to Edmonton and had my brother Dave and then moved down. And the only American citizen is my sister, Shannon. She was born in Spokane. So I think they just want a better life. Um, my mom's mom was living in Spokane and uh, my mom came down here to be a, uh, go to nursing school and end up being an X-ray tech for uh, uh, Holy Family till her pass, passing for, I want to say, almost 40 years. You know, it was a pretty good career there and just amazing, amazing lady as your mom and, 
and dad were amazing people and we just loved them. And so my dad just wanted, and mom just wanted to get us uh, a new start and kind of um, see what it's like down here in the U.S. I love it. And your parents, oh, they were not, I mean, both sets of our parents and the whole Shadel Park, you know, tribe, they were all just so great. Amazing, amazing people. Um, just, uh, you know, we miss them every day, obviously. And, and we do the best we can to honor them and in our lives. And uh, in fact, interesting, I had my 40th high school reunion Sunday or Saturday night before I left to come to uh, out here to Orlando to see my grandkids and my, and my daughter. And uh, we had it at Scott Poole's um, uh, restaurant in Spokane and, and saw some old faces. And it was really cool to kind of reminisce uh, the old days. I love it. Well, and of course, I always say, people, you know, the only name dropping I know is really you. And I was like, they're like, you don't know, Mark. Rip. And I go, yes, I do. I was like his little sister. You and Penny were great. Pete, you know, it's another story. Now, Pete was <laughs> Pete was beautiful. And we have so many memories and so many uh, great years there at Shadle Park. And and I uh, still, still haven't been able to get down to Grumpy's and visit him down there. But I'm going to make that uh, a priority this year. I know I put on a shirt. Where's the logo? There it is. There you go. All right. I don't pay for him, so I better promote him. (laughs) So let's talk your start in football. How old were you? And uh, were you on the Eagles or was that another squad? I was I was on the Chiefs was my first year. And uh, that was seventh grade. And um, Joe Everson and Dick Schaumburg were our our coaches. And Joe uh, went on to coach uh, baseball and uh, do many great things in Spokane and just just, you know, kind of a a guy that I looked up to, but yeah, I mean, when I'm seven years old, I'm putting on a football uniform and, and I played in the lightweight division then and had weight divisions. If you're under 115 pounds, I think you played in the lightweight division. So, and then over 115 pounds, you played the heavyweight division. So my seventh grade year, I played in the lightweight division and, and then I played for the uh, Eagles in the heavyweight division the following season. So did your dad just go, I mean, he was larger than life. He was the best. So was mine, but he was your dad. Did he just go, you need to play football or how'd you get into it? No, I was just kind of, uh, one of the things our, our parents did, you know, back then is say, hey, you know, whether just get out and, and, and be outdoors, you know, find something to do. And my dad, uh, ever since I was like two years old, had a baseball mitt in my hand. He played and he actually went to Seattle university to play a year. There I was going to go to school there, got homesick and came back home. But, um, he was a baseball player. He was a hockey player. Um, hockey, we tried when we were young, but ice time was, you know, as you know, and, and your family knows with Pete playing all those years and it was expensive and nice time was like five in the morning. And uh, so uh, with three with three boys, it was difficult. We didn't have the finances to do it. So we kind of stuck with baseball because all you have to do is put a baseball mitt on. The only thing you had to buy was a, uh, as, a, as a family was a shirt. You've actually you actually wore jeans when you played Little League Baseball. It was kind of funny. Now they have the full uniforms and everything looks pretty cool. But um, so baseball was kind of my start. And then uh, as I got a little bit older, I started playing, you know, in grade school basketball and, and flag football. And we'll get into that later. But uh, flag football was kind of my introduction to football. And um, it was kind of fun. Um, trying to think of my teacher, uh, Mr. Cal Davis was my sixth grade flag football coach. And, and he was a great guy and just kind of kind of introduced me. My dad didn't know much about football other than Canadian football, which uses 12 players in a field that is longer than a rugby field. And, and um, so, yeah, that was kind of my introduction and started playing junior football at a young age. And, and from there, that's where it kind of took off. 
Well, and then you did go to Shadle with Brother Pete. And um, what was it like? Pete said you guys basically had two running plays because you were the quarterback. <laughs> well, that's a, the, the funny thing about Pete is I'm, I, I look this pretty because of Pete, you know, and protecting <laughs> me and making me look this good over the years. Uh, uh, I was fortunate to have guys like Pete and Scott Poole and and Neil Knipe and uh, Vince Kopech and um, uh, Rob Smith-Peter. I mean, just Jay Hines. I mean, all you look, go back all through the roster of all my offensive linemen. And I, always, I always keep telling everyone, even the, the NFL, some guys don't think that's true, but you're only as good as the guys up front, you know, and if they're no good on both sides of the football, I mean, as a running back, as a quarterback, as a wide receiver, you're not going to get much um, done if your offensive line isn't good and defensive backs and, and safeties and linebackers aren't going to be as successful if they aren't, if the guys up front, the defensive linemen aren't as good. So I always say your, your point in contention in football is you're only as good as the guys on each side of the football up front. And uh, we were pretty fortunate to have some very good ones and your brother being one of them. I know. Well, for those out there who are listening or watching, there's Pete and then there's Scott Poole in size. And there's and I, a, then there's the quarterback that's bigger than the offensive lineman. You know, yeah. I probably I didn't I don't I don't know if I outweighed Pete, but I know that, um, you know, I was probably a couple inches taller than Pete was. Let's put it that way. Yeah, a few. So you took we were talking about your coach in high school, Coach Haney. Um, and you guys won the Greater Spokane League. And I don't know if Shadle had ever won it before you guys. Well, I'll, I'll, um, I'll not for a long, long time, yeah. or maybe ever. I don't know. But uh, I will say this, that it was it worked fit perfectly for what we did because we had some very good skill athletes. You know, we had uh, you know, Kent Schaefer, Steve Rector, Todd Toro, um, uh, Greg Serenzi, <laughs> you know, a wide receiver. We had uh, my brother Timmy, Scott Burkhart. Um, uh, Dan Fuller, uh, running backs. And so we had a, a, a very good group of skill guys along with some offensive linemen that were athletic. And, and so one of the things we did is we worked in the summertime on, on the passing game a little bit more than the running game. And so when the 1980, 79 season came around, which is a graduating class of 1980, my junior year, um, the, the school went on strike. And I don't know if you remember that and recall that, but, uh, we played five games in a two-week period. You imagine, can you imagine that now in the concussion day era, playing five <laughs> games in a two-week period? Uh, there'd be lawsuits all over the country. But we did because we had to fit it in and, and get all the games in. And, and it worked to our advantage because of our ability to, to do some things that you didn't really have to practice uh, the physical part of it during the week. So we could kind of get away with it. And, and lo and behold, you know, we beat some a real good Central Valley team, a Gonzaga prep team we had beaten I don't know, ever. <laughs> and uh, so we kind of kind of had a, a, a niche there that um, really propelled us to some great things and some great guys and great memories that I look back on the photos and I think to myself, oh, my goodness, you know, not only were they great people and great characters, but good football players, too. Well, and it's amazing because your class, especially and all those guys that you mentioned, you keep in contact. And I was like, I am bad. I mean, I see a few people <laughs> from high school, but so it was a special team. I remember when you won it, we were all crying. It was it was very cool. So and then you got a scholarship <clears throat> to go to Washington State University. I'm a UW Husky, but that's OK. Right. Now, go Cougs. We just our volleyball team just beat you guys. You guys were ranked, ranked number six in the country and our go Cougs gals. Coach Greeny, good job. Well, 
we always like to say, you know, my dad had tickets to both Huskies and Cougar football and Seahawks, and he would root for the Cougars every time they played, except when they played the Huskies. I don't think it's quite the same for you Cougars, but that's for a whole other story. That's oh, a whole yeah. other time. But I got a lot of good friends. You being one of them, it's a Husky, you know, or else I wouldn't be on the program. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm not, one, I go, I'm not one of them, you know. <laughs> I go, who can I call? And Pete's like, ripping. I go, oh, yeah. Good thing my brother's <laughs> phone book is very deep. Yes. So you played for Washington State. You did amazing things there. Talk about, the, you know, college football and what you liked about it and what you took away. Well, I mean, I, I, I still aspired to be, and I have to, I have to say, I have to preface this because uh, when I was playing junior football and, and ninth grade football and high school football, I hated the physical aspect of it. I hated tackling anyone. Of course, you had to get in drills where you had to tackle and show that you knew what you're doing so you wouldn't get injured, you know, and all that. So. I hated that. And I was always cringed. Um, but I loved the physical part of it, you know, throwing the ball and, and, and the mental part of it, the X's and O's and all that stuff. And it was kind of like a chess match football was, but I aspired, I wanted to be a basketball player. I wanted to be a baseball player, follow my brother's footsteps. Both my brothers played in the Canadian uh, national team. And my brother Dave played in the uh, Seoul Korea in the Olympics in 1988 for the Canadian national team. So I aspired to be that baseball player. I wanted to play baseball, but you know, when you can't hit or throw a curveball, you know, your days are numbered. And when you're a six foot uh, four slow, um, not very tall white kid that can't jump, uh, you know, basketball was not my forte either. So I felt uh, at that point in time that maybe I'll give football a shot. I, I, I'm starting to like it a little bit more my junior and senior year. We had some success and uh, me personally had some success. And I said, well, let's, let's see if we can, uh, further my uh, academic program or my academics and and use football as a, a tool to uh, to leverage that. Well, I have to say, college game day every Saturday. There's a cougar flag, and I don't. I mean, it, it is amazing. Your fan base, and you played, you know, in the stadium in Pullman. Yes. That it was loud. It was cold a lot of times. I'd be <laughs> sitting in the bus or the car. Yeah. Going, it's the, too wind, cold the wind. The wind blows down there in the Palouse, you know, and that's why. We always would say the teams like from Arizona and USC and UCLA, they would get on the bus in Spokane. They'd be driving. They go, where in the heck are we going? You know, the wheat fields. It definitely is a destination school. Unlike, um, I think, you know, UW is a great school. And, um, and uh, but it's more of a, uh, of, of a of a school where, you know, you don't have to commute very far. But a lot of people are right there in the in the area, whereas you get, you know, WSU is like a destination school and you got to travel there. And it's a way from mom and dad. You feel like you're away from mom and dad, even though they're right around the corner watching your every step. So that's true. And then let's go into, obviously you played for now the Washington football team. Yes. With all that's going on. I get that. Um, you can Washington. call us. We, we, were, we were the Washington Redskins and we weren't the Washington football team. I got <laughs> drafted by the Washington Redskins. That's, um, you know, you have to be PC these days, but politically correct is, and history shows that I played for the Washington Redskins. So yep. it's, uh, it is what it is. And, and unfortunately, and I have, you know, I'll, I'll just quickly go into that. I just wish that um, when the name change when it happened and they said, Hey, we're going to be called the Washington football team. I wish it was done by having uh, native American leaders at the table and then being the ones leading it and saying, Hey, I think this is a, uh, something that we're, you know, definitely um, feel is a derogatory name. I wish that was the case, but unfortunately, Marie, that was not the case. 
It was uh, based on business, it was based on politics, and it was based on um, businesses losing money because some people thought it was a derogatory, not the Native American leaders. Now, if the Native, Native American leaders would have came in and said, yes, we need to change it absolutely 100%. And I think everyone would agree with that, but that wasn't what happened. But they are the Washington football team. I was drafted there in the sixth round. It was the most, um, the toughest day of my life was draft day because, you know, you're, you predicted maybe you might go in the second round. So I'm waiting. Finally, I just took a nap and went to bed. About five o'clock, I got a call from Joe Gibbs, who's really excited, you know. And about this time, I'm about as excited and as, as, um, uh, uh, a fart in a spacesuit, you know, <laughs> I just not that excited at all. I go, hello. He goes, Hey, coach Gibbs here. Hey, Mark, uh, we're looking forward to you coming out here. I go, Oh, okay. Thanks. We're gonna, he goes, I'm going to put you on with our quarterback coach, Jerry Rome. And uh, we're really excited to see you in a couple of weeks. And Jerry gets on there and I was very, very kind of down, down in the dumps, you know, cause he got drafted in the sixth round, but it turned out to be a great situation. I got a chance to learn uh, under um, uh, coach Gibbs and, uh, Doug Williams was my mentors, was Jay Schrader, you know, in the early, early couple of years. And, and then I got my chance and lo and behold, we ended up uh, doing some really good things and very fortunate to be part of that community in Washington, D.C. And still got a lot of friends and still got a lot of uh, acquaintances there that I go back and do some charitable work and still have contacts with. So, Well, and back then there wasn't all the television coverage. I'm sure a lot of people now are like, he took a nap. How? Hey, what? The TV cameras were on him. No, back then it was not. <laughs> no, no. You had, you know, we had three stations in Spokane, basically, and they were there early in the morning in case the draft, something happened in the draft and they could catch a glimpse of you. But uh, after about four hours, that the draft went on all day, you know. And so I got up at six in the morning, about, about five, six o'clock at night, I got the call and uh, I had to take a nap. I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> five a.m. It's early. Yes. Um, so talk about playing in the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, and becoming the MVP. I mean, huge. I know I, you have your ring on for me. Thank you. It's sparkling yes, yeah, bright. Take a look, everyone. Yep. That was. Uh, this is a lot of a lot of great memories here. A lot. You know, I just think about this ring. I think about those fifty three guys. You know, that um, went out there and practiced and sweated with for numerous years prior to that. You know, and the, the, the losses with the losses. Fortunately for us, we um, the bar was very high. We'd won two Super Bowls. Previous to that one, um, the one thing that people don't know is that both those Super Bowls were both in work stoppage years. You know, I mean, there was a there was a strike in '87 uh, that they actually had um, they called scab players, but uh, um, replacement players that came in and played across the picket line and and played, and they won us some games in Washington and got us in a good position so that we could win a Super Bowl with Doug Williams being the MVP and the first uh, African American be. MVP of a Super Bowl was a great, uh, great part of history. And, and to be there and watch Doug and um, to see him, you know, and again, him being a mentor of mine was pretty incredible. And then Joe Theismann and John Riggins won one in like 1983, I think. And so, I mean, the bar was very high and expectations were high. And so if you didn't get into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs and maybe even win a Super Bowl, it was kind of like people were disappointed in Washington. Now, I mean, gosh, if you make it to the playoffs, that'd be, they throw parades, you know, uh, the way things have gone for the last 30 years. So, um, so it was, it was a, a very high bar and I, I had a lot of great players and fortunate to play with a lot of great guys, great coaching staff. And, um, you know, just to, to do what we did that year, I mean, conceivably we could have won all the games. We lost one game to Dallas by like three points at home and another one to Philadelphia on the road by two. And we ended up going 17 and two that year and capped it off in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota and in a cold, cold, um, uh, atmosphere 
but of course we were indoors playing in the uh, Metrodome, but my family loved it because we're all from the North. And, and so it was like, kind of like for them, it was like, Oh, cool. This is home, you know? And so uh, we ended up uh, having a great, great week there in Minneapolis, capping it off by beating the bills 37, 24 and Super Bowl 26. On, on January, January, 26. January 26, 1992. <laughs> I love it. And then you get named, I mean, what's it like on the field? You win. And then you get named MVP. I mean, that's a bit, I mean, it's huge. Yeah, I wish I had my, had my oldest daughter there, Amber, who uh, lives in Baltimore and just had their first child, uh, Merrick, her, and, uh, her husband, John, had their first uh, son, Merrick Elaine, which is cool because Merrick, uh, their daughter's name is, John is from Merrick, New York. And so they named their daughter Merrick and Elaine, A-L-E-N-E, because Amber lived in Post Falls, Coeur d'Alene area. So they made her middle name Elaine. So Merrick Elaine uh, Devotee, and uh, she's doing great. And so Amber was there and um, Angela, uh, I'm visiting her and her, her two uh, grand, or my two grandkids, her two, her son and daughter. Um, she was too young. So she was, she, she didn't get to come down the field, but Amber's like, I think three or four years old. So I hoisted her on my shoulders and yelled out those infamous lines that I had to practice. Mark Rippon, what are you doing after school? We're going to Disney World. We're going to Disneyland, you know? So that was pretty cool. And sure enough, we did. We got a chance to go to Disney World and Disney, not Disneyland, but Disney World in, in Orlando right here where we're at, I'm at right now. And um, had a parade down uh, Main Street, USA. And it was pretty cool. And they announced, you know, on the, you know, our host or whatever, the parade is uh, Super Bowl MVP Mark Rippon. And, you know, going uh, some of the perks you get, you saw, wait. That's my that's my buddy Rip. He's on David Letterman. You know? I know. So some of the cool perks you get, uh, Marie. That's uh, it's kind of nice. So what was it like being on Letterman? I tell you because everyone's like Maria, you don't know him. I go, I do. We were watching it, of course. Yeah. Well, it was it was surreal. You know, I mean, first, um, you know, winning the game, and I just like I say, I think of those guys and being a quarterback. You're one of the probably probably six or seven guys and each side of the, the each team that has a chance, you know, because you got to be a, probably a skill player, running back, a wide receiver, quarterback, defensive back, um, line lineman, defensive lineman, you know, you do make two, three or four sacks. There haven't been many, but I think Richard Dent was one of them. It was an MVP. And, um, you know, I think uh, a couple corners have been MVPs, mostly the quarterbacks, running backs and, and wide receivers have been MVPs at Super Bowl. So I, you know, at least had a chance knowing, knowing that going in and then, to get on uh, the, 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 you know, we get a call, Hey, you're coming on David Letterman. You know, I was on my uh, Amber and I were on good morning America for the NFC uh, to go to the Super Bowl after he beat the um, Detroit lions for the NFC championship game. We went on good morning America and she was going to sing the fight song, hail to the Redskins fight song on there. And she just wouldn't wake up. And she was, uh, he was, I brought her on. It's my daughter, Amber. And, all of a sudden the lights came on. She's like, she starts singing the song right there on good morning America. So some of the little perks that you get and then being with David Letterman and being back there, I almost had to pinch myself. I go, I'm going on David Letterman. This is great. You know, I was nervous, but uh, he was great. And um, uh, you know, I look back on that and just think, wow, pretty amazing times. Very amazing times. And I'm going to um, keep you around. We're going to sure. talk a little bit uh, next week. I'm going to keep you for two shows because I like to use and abuse the people I love. Absolutely. You should. So we will be back next week with more 
with Mark Rippin. And we're going to talk a little bit about concussion protocol, what, you know, what your body went through when you played. And of course, your fabulous foundation. So join us next week on Beyond the Locker Room with Maria with more with Mark Rippin. All right. What a great interview with Mark Rippin part two next week. Now it's time for Maria's Minute where I can talk about whatever I want, but I kept T-Bone, a.k.a. Trevor around. And Sid the sloth, the Sid power the sloth. animal. We love Sid. Um, so I was watching ESPN, NFL, the pre-show, and they talked about what do you listen to when you work out? You you always have music on. I listen to like Akon because... Uh, I, I don't just, even know who that is. Oh, he, we have the same birthday, too. I listen to Akon. It's like club music, kind of. He's, he's, very, uh, he's very sensitive to my needs while being, uh, you know, he's got a great beat, too. Well, you kill it at the gym. I don't go as early as Trevor, because I am older. But anyway, there was a whole, probably a four-minute deal. I'll put the link below on YouTube. All the football players, Phil Collins in the air tonight. Really? And I have to watch it. I was embarrassed to say that I listened to Akon at the gym, and these guys are listening to Phil Collins. That's awesome. No, that is it. And my whole point: my glass is always half full, but it's like whatever gets you going. I. Well, doesn't uh, Mike Tyson listen to uh, Phil Collins when in the Hangover when he punches one of those guys? I can't remember. Maybe. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, I mean, I listen to, at Christmas, I listen to a lot of Christmas music. <laughs> Is you like Harry Connick Jr., like Christmas album? Yeah, I like the Mariah Carey one that everyone, some bar banned that from playing. I, you know, Mariah Carey's got the most beautiful voice ever. I mean, Whitney Houston, all right, you know, God rest your soul. She was very awesome, too. My, that reminds yeah. me of my mom, Whitney Houston, and Phil Collins. <laughs> 90s. 90s. Yes. Well, yeah, and it's coming back. Some kids, you know, who were in college just last year the rookies they didn't even know about him but yeah that is the song they get ready to so in you conclusion what, you could ask him what a walkman was too they'd be like what <laughs> i know i did one maria's minute on be kind rewind yeah the vhs so we're taking you back again but my whole point is whatever you listen to whether you're working out or just to relax take a breath listen to whatever once in a while, it's Barry Manilow you know, for me. God I think I could me. do like Phil Collins at a, at a good like stretch and rolling session. Yeah, I don't think I could do it like in the middle of a deadlift or something. Well, no, they in the middle of the game, you'll hear these guys singing the song out on the field. I'm like, what? So you have to watch it. Kudos to Sam Ponder and the crew for doing that story. It's hilarious, and we will see you next week on Beyond the Locker Room with Maria. Thanks, Trev, for always giving me everything I need here on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for the cold brew too. Okay, we're going to do the Maria's Minute. Hi, guy, you can move around. It's okay if it's a little noisy. All right, so here. That was good. We did we're going to do this one. We did good. Ready? Put your earphones back in. We did in. good. We did do good. Um, good. And I didn't swear. You did? I almost swore last week. Well. I was like, shh, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> okay, we'll be two minutes, boys. No, take your time. You take your time. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now, I don't need to go to Mars. Because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota. So little time. There's a moment you realize... 
you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org/work.